and welcome to Matt Bites. Drum roll, please. I thank you. Episode 50. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Thomas. In this episode, the Apple Battery Hall of Fame, Mike's shameful purchase, and yes, finally, the long-awaited MacBytes outtakes. But first, back to that Battery Hall of Fame. As listeners will know, I have been struggling with my batteries in uh, my Magic Mouse. I didn't think they were lasting very long. But then maybe that was just me. I've been told possibly I overuse it, but I can't imagine 18 hours a day should really kill it that quickly. But anyway, I wanted to know who had the Apple batteries and associated charger. And no one was admitting ownership until the third or at least fourth time of asking, at which point a lot of you came clean. Like sheep. Yes, Yes, indeed. I'm thinking Jane, Graham, Gaz, Mark, Gavin. Yes, the list is endless. Apparently you have all got, said Battery Charger, and you all like it and the batteries. But I still wasn't convinced. Anyway, I heard from Bob DeGrand and Steve Robb that the Apple batteries were rebadged on a loops, and I said I'd bought some and I was going to give them a go. Well, I have, and I'm happy-ish with them. Uh, They're lasting approximately two weeks, which, given that I had batteries that were dying after a day, isn't bad. But... Just to give you some idea of why I'm complaining, um, the batteries that came with my Apple keyboard, which are Energizer ones, I put those in the day the keyboard arrived and they're still in there 156 days later and they're running at 50%. So I've got a good mm, over five months out of those, which is why I'm thinking two weeks just isn't enough. But that's where I'm up to with my batteries. I don't use any of those batteries. I just use uh, whatever I can get my hands on usually from the supermarket. Oh, you're so unscientific. Anyway, what good would that do me? When was the last time I saw the inside of a supermarket? That is very true. Of course, if you want to buy me some batteries from there, I wouldn't say no. I'm sure. No, my problem is I never have them charged enough. You know, if you've got rechargeables and you charge them and you leave them in a drawer... And if you come from them two weeks later, they've probably only got about 40% charge. I know, I've been there, done that with my camera. Exactly. So I, I tend to sort of charge them on the death. Now, these honor loops, and there's another one that I'm testing as well called Good to Go from Seven Day Shop. And the idea with those is that they do retain more of a charge over a longer period. So they're not actually as high powered as you can get with rechargeable batteries. But the idea is that they hold that charge for longer. Um, I'm finding the honor loops are better than the good to goes, but the good to goes are a little bit cheaper. Uh, One thing that's driving me insane, there's a lot of things driving me insane from the last um, OS update, is that the batteries are reporting to be 100% charged. And they stay that way until about 20 minutes before they die, which isn't long enough for me to recharge another set. Before, they were sort of going down a couple of percent at a time. It seems to have been the last OS update. And now there's no indication at all until it gets to 6% and then it starts squealing. And, you know, your batteries are dying. And by then it's too late. So I wish Apple would sort that out. It wasn't broken. So why they changed it, I don't know. Unless it's all smoke and mirrors. You you think your batteries are lasting. Oh, these batteries are doing incredibly well. I'm sure I put them in 10 days ago. Look at that. 
are still 100%. And 10 minutes later, ah, they're dead. Brilliant move. Brilliant. All seems a bit too scientific for me. Yes. So uh, should we move on and, and tell people all about what's been happening to MacBytes HQ these last few weeks? Well, I've been testing batteries. And I've been testing an iPad. Ah, you mean you mean interesting stuff. Interesting stuff, yes. More interesting stuff. Yes. Well, yes, I've got an iPad too as well. What a day that was. Yeah, it was a great day, wasn't it? We decided for uh, reasons we've probably documented in other places not to go to our, our nearest Apple store, but we thought we'd go and spend the day in Liverpool. Yes, that seemed like a good idea at the time. I thought it was, I thought it was, was a, a good idea and uh, what oh come on it was freezing <laughs> it was but it... of all the local stores the the Apple store Liverpool is the only one that's sort of outside the others are in mal situations this is and, true yeah you know people were in there comfortable feet up coffee in hand and we were outside freezing our proverbials off yes but it was good fun we were with uh, with fellow Apple people oh we were yeah. Lots of them. What time Huge did we get queues. there? It was about 10.30, I think. Um, I think it was. We just after 10. certainly hadn't been there since 1 o'clock in the morning, as some people had been. No, no. But it it was still a long day. Yeah, we uh, we got there about half 10. I think there was about 50 people in front of us. Uh, they came around with the coffees and teas, as usual. So uh, thanks to the Apple Store guys, that was great. And I think we made a few new friends as well. It was a very interesting day. Yeah. I put a post on my blog about it, but um, I'd put I'd not it that I must have been insane. Yes, I'd put out my choice of smart cover to a public vote. If you remember that, I do remember that. Yes, I got a lot of feedback about that. Didn't and, pink um, win? No, no, and the figures were not deducted. <laughs> Red won. Whew, that was close. <laughs> I never said I'd abide by it. I didn't. Exactly. I was going to say that. You'd have got a red one anyway, whatever the vote said. I know. I couldn't make my mind up. This was the thing. You're buying stuff, you know, after having... Because it was sort of a, a, a conveyor belt through the store. So you're literally going in the store. And it's like, do you want a cover? Which colour? Right, move on. You didn't get a chance to sort of look at them. Not, I mean, obviously, it's like women with shoes and handbags. You've got to spend ages looking. And I, I didn't appreciate the conveyor belt approach. <laughs> so um, it was between black and red. I think although I did quite like the look of the blue one but it was a bit pastely for me so uh, I, I did put it out to a public vote and a red one and when I saw the red one I was rather taken with it so I did quite nicely out of that yeah I but of uh, course I did say buying's never easy is it I hadn't decided actually which cover I was going to go for at all uh, but when I saw the red one when you picked it up I thought yeah that looks good I will go for that one but I actually hadn't decided which iPad to go for had I I changed my mind at least four or five times in that week. I thought at first black, you know, no, no question at all, black. And then the more I saw of the white ones, you know, pictures of the white one, I thought that actually looks really nice. So then I decided white, and then I changed my mind again. <laughs> You're seeing how this is working. It's a and I prerogative, did that. isn't it? Yes, I did that all week, and I like you. By the time I got to the queue, I was probably sixty forty going for black. Yeah, I think I decided on black. Well, no, I dis yes, I decided on black and then I decided on white because white looked different. And I thought, yeah, do it something different. You know, think different, as they say. I'm talking to a guy in the queue and he said, well, I want to use it for work. And it would look a bit sort of cheap and gimmicky in a games console if I took it into a meeting. And I thought, yeah, he's right. So I think that swayed me back to black. No, 
I don't think it does look cheap. I think the white one looks really nice. Um, I do think for certain apps, it wouldn't be the best experience. So I give a lot of presentations. You know me and, and my presentations. There is a lot of them. And I, I thought about using it for presentations. And I thought, no, the white one just is not going to cut it for that. So I suppose that is sort of work related. The other thing is I, I couldn't imagine having the white one there and, and watching a movie on it as well. There was that. Of course, you know the answer, don't you? One of each. One of each, yeah. We were slow there. We were. Because we could have had two uh, little vouchers each. We were very, very slow. The other thing was I was going to go for the 32 because I looked at my iPad one and I hadn't even filled half of it. So I thought, I'm, you know, there's no way I'm, I'm going to um, need 64. And then you, you kind of said to me, well, there's only, was it 80 pounds difference? I think it's between, 70 pounds difference yeah, between, the, between two. the two. So I decided in my mind, I thought, yeah, I'll go for the 64. And as they were coming round with the little vouchers and giving you the, the vouchers so that you had in your hand what you were going for, I actually decided there and then, yeah, I'll go for the 64. I'd already decided on the 64 because I'm not actually away from Wi-Fi as much as you are. But when I am, I'm very away from it. So um, for, for taking stuff with me, I also use it. I put I don't make a selection with um, my books. I just put the lot on. And I told you I had 30 gig of ebooks. With this one having video recording capabilities as well, I thought, well, it's all right, this cloud business, and we're on the promise of more and more cloud-related stuff, but I thought, just in case. So I, d I also went for the 64 gig, and I'd already decided that, to be honest. Yeah, the, the other main reason that I wanted one, apart from the fact that I just wanted one... Oh, yes, we all know that you just <laughs> wanted one! ...was the HDMI output. Well, it wasn't necessarily the HDMI output, but it was the mirroring... Um, because as I'm sure a lot of people know, with iPad 1, you could output to an external monitor or a projector, but that was very much dependent on the app, uh, the app support for it. But with, uh, with iPad 2, the whole thing can be output to an external monitor or projector. So I've, I've actually got it set up at work with an external monitor, and I'm using the old um, the VGA adapter from iPad 1, and it works great, it works a treat. I can imagine a lot of people thinking that's insane, that you have a touchscreen device and you output it to a monitor on a permanent basis. It does take getting used to, because as your fingers go to the, uh, the, the, the touchscreen, your eyes go to the touchscreen. But I think it's just using it more and more will get me used to, to glancing over at the screen. No, I don't. I do have the adapter, but I would only use that if I was delivering a presentation. Again, I do do that a lot. It's really handy that you do have the overall mirroring, because if I want to demo something, then I can flick between them. Whereas before, you know, the screen would go blank and you'd have to think, ah, does this app support the output so I can demonstrate it? So I, that was the killer feature. Speed wise, I've noticed improvements, but mainly with uh, the newer apps, processor intensive stuff. Don't know if you've noticed much difference speed wise. I have noticed it's faster, yeah. But not noticeably. I think if you, if you had an iPad one, you're not missing that much speed wise. No, I don't think. Um, it's really I've noticed it with sort of apps like um, I, iMovie, which we did actually get working, didn't we, on the iPad one the night before? That was a bit of a, a fudge, wasn't it? Um, it was a bit of a disaster actually, <laughs> because as soon as you started synchronising, that was it. <laughs> yeah, you had to use that. What's it called? Some utility. 
uh, the parental thingy, wasn't it? No, it is some utility. Oh, yeah, but it's it's a legitimate one. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's not, oh, it's not a hack or it's something. It's not a jailbreak, no. No, what, but you could actually put it on, and you did get it on and did have a go with it. I thought it was a little bit slow. I got very giddy until I synced and it disappeared, yeah. Yeah, so, so pretty much you have to synchronise and then put the app back. And then, oh, no, I couldn't be doing with that, not at all. I actually think it's nicer to hold, it's nicer to work with. But And, of course, the smart cover, I mean, you've got to have the smart cover, absolutely. What is different is the curved corners and the, the curved ends. That actually took some getting used yeah, to for me. I, I initially, in. initially, I thought I don't like this. It was, it was. I suppose it's just your muscle memory. But the sharp sides of the first one made it very easy to use the buttons. And with that one, I didn't think it did. It was sort of like, where do I plug this in again? And of course, I had problems, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, and I was, I could not get the um, SIM tray out at all. No matter, they they give you the little paper clippy thing, and there was no way, and neither could the Apple Store guys. So with it being on an angle, it was surprising what kind of difference it, it actually made. Um, I'm used to it now, but I think from a usage point of view, it's not as easy to use as the first one. You do get used to it, but it's just not quite there. But to hold it, it does feel amazingly different, which is surprising because there isn't that much difference. No, I think so. I also love the smart cover way when it flicks back to be the stand. I use that quite a lot. I don't use that as much as I thought I would, but when I do, it is very nice to type on. Mm, that's what I'm finding. So we uh, we had a, a very interesting day. We were in the queue for seven hours. And of course, that comes with the usual attendant issue of a comfort breaks. Yeah, I went off to find the toilet to find it was uh, 30p. That's daylight robbery. It is daylight robbery. Now it was also a long, long way to walk. It was. Now, when you tweeted that, you got a pearl of wisdom back from several I did. thousand I got, miles. I got wisdom from afar in the shape of Jane, who said, why didn't you just go to John Lewis? Which was about 50 yards away. Duh! <laughs> didn't think of that. It's because I'm no good at shopping. Who knew there were toilets in John Lewis? Nobody told me. No. Have I actually been in that? I have, haven't I? I've been to the cafe. I think you have. Do you know you actually have to walk through bits of the store to get to the cafe? Scary. Handbags and things. Absolutely. And, and shoes and, and clothes. I did find a tech department, though. Of course, I find a tech department everywhere I go. You've got a so, built-in yes, radar. It was a good, good day. Until I got my hands on my first iPad 2. Because, as I'm sure the MacBashers will recall, you had your fair share of iPad 1s, didn't you? I did. Was it three? Three or four, I think? I think three or four at the final count. Yes, you had problems with uh, pixels. My issue wasn't pixels. No, I got my hands on the first one, and I, I'd read up on this. I had read up on the things I had to check. So the first thing the pair of us did was check for dead pixels, and luckily, not a dead pixel in sight. But then there was a lot, because um, they'd been out in the States a couple of weeks, hadn't they? Yeah. So they'd been our crash test dummy for us. And people were complaining about leaky backlights. So I'd read up on that, and I'd read up on how you could check for it. So we'd got them out, we were checking for dead pixels. And um, I said to you, can you take my jacket which was like um it's like a fleece without a hood isn't it mm. so i said can you take my jacket so fair enough you took it off and i said no 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 no. hold it by the shoulders so you, you were like oh okay then i suppose i should have explained my intention before we got there but <gasps> where's the fun in that 
So I said, you know, no, no, hold it by the shoulders. And I'm holding my iPad in front of me. And I said, can you put it over my head, please? At which point you looked at me like I'd lost my mind. But I hadn't. What I was doing was creating a dark tent to turn it on and off so I could see if there was a leaky backlight. And no, there wasn't on mine. And then I suggested that you do the same, at which point you were certain you were going to have me committed, weren't you? Mm. But uh, there was a leaky backlight on mine. There was, and I was right to check for it. Yeah. To be honest, um, you know, I, I don't even think about it now. It's, um, it's You only see it when you actually turn the thing on and off and you have that the basic the total black screen with the apple logo other other times you never notice it i suppose the only time you see it is if you had something black on the screen yeah um i would have been less concerned about that than dead pixels cuz dead pixels just as soon as you know you've got one you your look eyes for it drawn to it yeah i've got a monitor like that so i i had a monitor like that but luckily it was bought from somewhere less techy and uh, I took it back and said it wasn't working and they didn't ask questions, so I got it changed. But I am I hate buying monitors for that reason. I I'm, I look at monitors and think, that's a nice monitor. Yeah, I quite like that. And then I think, if you buy it, you'll have to check for dead pixels and then you'll be stuck with it. So I, most of the time, my monitors die rather than me sort of going out and treating myself because I just, I just can't bear the anguish. It's all too much. Um, so, but I was pleased that there were no dead pixels. Other people were having dead pixels, and we were okay with that. And I thought, well, that's it, done deal. You know, no backlight problems, no dead pixels. I'm good to go. Until I put the SIM in it, my orange SIM, which I checked with orange was fine, and it was until it got in there and it refused point blank to recognise it at all. And it was being recognised, and it was working in iPad One. So this was after we'd actually managed to get the SIM in the thing because it took three of us to do that. So they checked it and they checked the iPad one and they checked back again and they hadn't got a clue either. They were selling these things. They were selling 3G ones and I have no idea how they were signing people up to it because they weren't taking any names and addresses or creating contracts or even an account with Orange or whoever. So they decided they'd have to give me another iPad, which was great if there was a problem with the first one. And there seemed to be a problem with the first one, but then I had to check the screen again and then we had to do the old jacket shuffle to check the backlight. So, do you know, if, them, if there's a security video of the two of us in there that day, they'd make a fortune with it on YouTube. <laughs> two people sitting there with a coat over their heads. <laughs> oh, it's never a dull moment with the Matt Bites crew. So, I, I set about with iPad number two and... It wasn't working in that either. This, of course, was after I'd wasted another 10 minutes checking said iPad. So at this point, they went away and had another think about it. Um, it definitely was, the, the SIM definitely was working in um, iPad 1. So they decided that it was probably going to be easier to give me another SIM. So by this stage, we had your iPad and uh, your iPad 1, my iPad 1, my first iPad 2, my second iPad 2. We checked another iPad 2, so that we had another iPad 2. And no, this SIM was not having it. And I felt really bad for all the people in the queue. And I was going through iPads like they'd gone out of fashion. <laughs> Luckily, mine was the least popular model, I think. It was a 64 gig with Wi-Fi and 3G. So, uh, yes, I had three of them. So I, I think I got up to your dizzying heights with iPad 1. So they gave me a new SIM and said I'd have to sort that out with Orange. So success at that point, And we headed off to Pret, which happened to be next door to an Orange store. How fortuitous. 
So after we'd had our tea, we went in and um, I went and explained the situation. And I had two questions, you know, one, how do I get this SIM sorted out um, to, to be put on my account? And the second one was um, the application. There is an orange application through which you are supposed to be able to manage your 3G data. So I explained this to him. Uh, the first one, the first question, which was, how do I get this SIM sorted out? No idea. You'll have to ring customer support. Now, bearing in mind, this guy was stood behind a counter underneath a sign that said in ooh, letters of at least a foot high customer service. I thought, brilliant. Here we go again. It's me. I go everywhere and the service is terrible. So I said, well, not, not to worry. I'll sort that out then. Now, about this application. So he said, well, what application? I explained it. And he said, oh, do we? That's cool. I gave up at this point and decided it was probably wiser to retreat to MacBytes headquarters and try and talk to somebody sensible on the phone, which sadly didn't happen at all. They were horrendous. So I'm now with T-Mobile. So that went really well. But apart from that, yes, it was a great day. There were lots of iPad 2s to be had and uh, lots of fun in general, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Great time was had by all. Nothing's ever dull. I can't wait for iPad 3. How many <laughs> do you think we're going to get through? Oh, I wouldn't like to say. If we both had three, uh, people should come with us. It'll be a scream. Yeah, I had some fun with my iDevices the other week. Um, as most of you know, I deliver training courses for a living, or that's one of the things I do for a living. Um, and what I've been wanting to do for a while is to record myself in action. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I knew I'd get a snigger from that. Uh, we're disappointed then. I mean delivering a training course. Now, I decided to do it um, delivering not a live classroom course, but one where I, I deliver it um, as a virtual course uh, using the telephone and, and using an um, online conferencing system that we have. So what I did is I was in a, a meeting room and I set up um, a little mobile recording studio with two iPads, an iPhone 4 and a blue Snowflake microphone. I've actually written a blog post about this, so I'll uh, I'll put a link to it so you can see the pictures and everything. And I was um, recording from the the front camera of the the iPad. Uh, no, the front camera of the iPhone. I was recording myself directly on um, the audio. I tried to record using GarageBand on the iPad um, with the the blue snowfall uh, snowfall. <laughs> You're losing it. I'm not losing it. The blue snowflake microphone connected to it, but it was actually stopping recording after about 10 minutes. Now there is, I've found out since, a way of, of changing that and making it longer. Um, it's a bit convoluted, but there is a way of doing that. But what I was doing as well is I had my uh, my iPad 2 um, with the, the rear camera which was set to video the the laptop screen. So as I was actually running this PowerPoint presentation on my laptop, the iPad's rear camera uh, was capturing that. As I say, you, you can see the setup of how it's how it's working on these photographs. The one thing I have found uh, is there is a limit as to how much the iPad can capture. Uh, not sure if it's a time-based limit or a size-based limit, but at just under 50 minutes, the iPad actually stopped recording. I later checked the size of the file and it was 3.8 gig. Uh, and what I found is that it's an issue with the rear camera 
not the front facing one but the rear camera seems to be limited to either a, a certain size or a certain time I think it's the time I think it's 50 minutes now I don't know if they're going to fix that or what but you know certainly there's there's plenty of space on there but it is one thing worth bearing in mind I came across problems like that when I very first had a Mac and I was using GarageBand um, it would cut off audio recording after 45 minutes so, yeah, I, and then they fi they fix that. They took away that limitation. So maybe they'll sort that out. I think it's still limited to about forty five fifty minutes. Um, I I got this information from uh, another podcast. No, I've definitely recorded more than that. But to be honest, GarageBand usually falls over well before 45 minutes. Mm. Uh, we were trying to do multi-track recording straight into it, and it was more of a theoretical possibility than anything I'd actually suggest to you. So I leave that well alone now, to be honest. Now, if anyone's been following my Twitter feed today, they'll know I've got a dark secret. Yes. Yes, saying nothing. I I bought and I installed Office for Mac 2011. Microsoft <laughs> Office, that is. Yeah, paid money for it. Yeah, and it uh, it installed Silverlight as well. I thought it would. Although it might have been installed before that. You see, you can't even remember, can no, you? No. Well, it was installed at one point, and then I I binned it, but it seems to have come back. Yeah, <laughs> you can think you binned it. Yeah. Nothing ever disappears completely with Microsoft. Only your money. No, it's 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 a piece of software that I want to look at, and it will also give me the benefit of being able to work on the Mac at work um, and produce compatible documents. So you know, I'm not messing around with Open Office or or anything like that. No, heaven forbid you use something that works. <clears throat> well, if we could convert the rest of the company onto Macs, then I wouldn't have a problem, would I? Ah, but you see, you said that you've got access to Google Docs. I have, but nobody else has signed up for it. It should be compulsory. It should. So, come on, which one did you yeah, get? I went for the home and student. There's a, there's a home and student and there's a home and business. And uh, if I actually just get the box out here, it will tell you all the differences. But uh, home and student's got Word, PowerPoint and Excel. And home and business has got the same plus Outlook. And uh, with me wanting to, to mainly use it for work things, I decided there was no point in um, in getting the Outlook one. I certainly wouldn't be using Outlook at home. And with the Outlook at work, I can't connect my, my Mac to the company network anyway. So I thought I'd save myself the £100. For which the Mac's very grateful. Mm. So it cost me about £87 from, um, from Amazon. Robbery. Are you <sighs> going to keep heckling at the back? No, no. Now, also included with Office for Mac is Microsoft Office Web App Support, Messenger for Mac 8, and Remote Desktop for Mac 2. Not saying a word. No. 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 I know how you feel about it. Let's go on. Move yeah, on. See, Nothing to see. I don't mind using Office. I, I mean, I've used Office for years and years on Windows. I can't see me installing it on a Mac. I think I might have to for PowerPoint, but um, I'm putting off the fateful day. And it, I would certainly never, ever put it on um, my main Mac. Of course, having said that, Microsoft have managed to um, ingratiate themselves onto my Mac, uninvited, I might add, by buying Skype, which was incredibly devious because it was already there. Yes, I'm sure you said nothing... Um Nothing from Microsoft will be on my Mac. That's what I said, but it was already there. That's devious. It's cheating. 
It's there completely is no, cheating, that. There's no escape, is there? Anyway, anyway, moving swiftly on before I start crying, which wouldn't be a good sight or sound. Yes, Magbytes headquarters, another job done. We have finally finished the Great Magbytes headquarters refit. It no longer looks like a building site, and the tech is actually exactly where it should be. Now, who knows what this could mean for Magbytes? Hear that? Tapping my nose knowingly. Yeah, we've just finished ours, haven't we? And the neighbours are starting to build theirs. Yes, a single-storey extension. And they seem to like doing it at ungodly hours of the morning. But never mind, I will get my own back. But uh, during said refit, perfection was not achieved without a few sad demises along the way. Um, I said I don't like buying monitors and my old 24-inch monitor died. A shiny new replacement was acquired quick smart. And there was no dead pixels. Oh boy, that was worrying. In fact, I seem to recall that was Eurovision Day. And I had this... Th I'm, I'm of the old school. When I buy a new monitor, I let it acclimatise to the room first in the box for about two to three hours. Then I take it out of the box and put it where it's going to live. But I don't turn it on for another two to three hours. The idea behind that years ago used to be that it would... Not exactly. If there, were, if there was a dead pixel, that's not going to fix it. But turning it on too soon can actually cause stuck pixels. So I've always done that. Of course, that means a whole day where I've not got my secondary monitor, which wouldn't be too bad. But for the fact, whenever I open some applications, because the cable's still plugged into the Mac, the Mac is under the misapprehension that the monitor's still there. And it will open all these apps on the secondary monitor. Luckily, I found a very good workaround, which you were having a problem with certain things when you took your Mac to work, weren't you? It was still thinking the monitor was there and it was opening stuff and you couldn't get to it yeah, properly. Yeah. I found a workaround and it works really, really well, which is if you enable spaces and then you bring up the spaces where you get sort of however many spaces you've got, it puts them on a single monitor and it's the single main monitor. And from there, while well, you've got, I think I had uh, eight spaces. And of course, I've got eight spaces with two screens. So there's actually little images of 16 screens looking at me. You can drag and drop the application that's on the secondary monitor. You can drag and drop it from that view to the main monitor. So I know it was happening a lot for you with iTunes. iTunes seems to have a very limited memory. So you can actually cure it by dragging it onto the main monitor. So quick spaces tip there. If you do have if you've had a secondary monitor and you're having problems with something opening up and you can't see it, then enable spaces, go into the spaces view where you can see them all and drag and drop them onto the main monitor from there. Yeah, that's actually worth knowing. Um I I think I tried Spaces at the beginning, you know, when we uh, we got Snow... No, it wasn't Snow Le Leopard, was it? It came with Leopard. Did it come with Leopard? I think it came with Leopard. I can't remember. I can't remember. But it was one of those things you tried and, you know, I I just haven't used it since. But that is a, that is a tip I worth knowing. I went through a phase of actually using it and I had certain things in certain Spaces. But then the very, very early previews of Lion indicated that maybe spaces wouldn't be supported. And there was a lot of chatter at the time. And I thought, well, I wonder if I'd actually do without it. So because I've got two monitors anyway, um, I, I had a go doing without it. And, and I probably could. I do tend to leave the stuff that I have open, like all the time, like mail, Twitter, 
um, and anything else that I have open I tend to put on the secondary screen and then carry on working now what I was doing was putting the stuff that interrupts you in a separate space and then going to visit every half hour or so so I've been living without it for a while but it can actually be quite helpful if you've got sort of your desk set up and then you need to do something else rather than close everything down or move everything just go to a new space and, and do whatever you need to do and then go back so it's handy to have it there and I don't think they are deprecating it out of existence uh, from what I've heard about Lion so we shall have to see but I don't think so so I it is it can be fairly useful especially for organizing windows which isn't sort of what it's intended for it's intended to work that way but it's very good for organizing windows but anyway it's been a while but I have some new software I've only had this software a couple of days but I am absolutely loving it. Loving it. Um, it's something that I spotted in the Mac App Store. But before you think it was merely gratuitous purchase, as if, it's the app I've been looking for for ages and just didn't know. But why? Well, I have lots of folders and files that I need access to on a regular basis, but they live on various drives. They're nested in a folder structure. Now the folder structure makes complete sense for archiving, especially when I'm working with client work, but it does make working with the folders and the files within them a bit longer winded process than I'd like it to be. Um, so I've tried a few solutions so far. My favorite was to have shortcuts in the finder sidebar. And that's been workable and it's been workable for a long time, but it's not ideal. For easier identification, I've assigned custom icons to these folders. And the problem is why it's not ideal, that often when they, they it loses the custom icons when I reboot. Now, I don't reboot that often, so it's infrequent enough not to have been more than a mild annoyance, but it's still enough to be annoying. So not to mention the fact, of course, the mess Apple made of the sidebar shortcut removal process in the last OS update. I don't know what Apple were thinking about in the last OS update, you know. But you can now only remove shortcuts from the sidebar by holding the command key down when you do it. I think that's illogical because you don't have to hold the command key down to add shortcuts to it. So why on earth put you through the process of having to... to add an extra key into the mix I don't know I think it's to stop people accidentally doing it but don't you find that ridiculous because if you can add them without the command key then somebody makes a mistake they add it there and then they can't for the life of them work out how to take it away mm, took us a week didn't it exactly I mean I'm not sitting there thinking I'll try every key combination <laughs> just to see what Apple have done you know it wasn't broken again don't try and fix it Apple really need to leave stuff alone that's not broken uh, so I wasn't happy with that. So I tried another approach, which was I created a folder of these shortcuts to files and folders that I needed. And then I put a single link into the folder sidebar, into the finder sidebar. It still lost its icon, etc. But apart from that, um, the secondary problem I had was when I used this shortcut, it opened up a finder window and it opened up what I called my quick links folder. And it was great. I had it in icon view so and the icons obviously because they were customized it, it was abundantly obvious what was what that was fine problem was although I told it to display everything in my uh, pre preferred view which is in a list view once it had gone to this quick links folder that was in icon view when I double clicked to go to one of my folders it opened that up in icon view so I'd then have to go through and reset it so 
that was a bit of a pain as well. Now there are lots of other alternatives. Um, you could use Pathfinder. Pathfinder's got uh, the sidebar again. You could use uh, the favourites across the top. But it's all slightly difficult and you know everything works in a slightly different way and then I'd have to make sure I was using Pathfinder or I was at least leaving Pathfinder running. And I don't really use that all the time. I certainly don't need it running all the time. There's default folder, which I could have used, but with that it seemed to be um, all or nothing. Uh, you have you can put favourites in it, um, but you can only have so many of them and then you've got to access them in a certain way from the menu bar. Other thing with the menu bar, um, there's lots of apps that, that dedicated quick links apps that do go in the menu bar, but because you can only control the Apple menu bar uh, applications. The rest of them just open in any kind of order and then you're starting to look around when you've got as many running as I have and it's approaching the halfway mark on a 27 inch iMac. You just spend more time actually squinting at them thinking which of these icons was the one that had the shortcuts on it. So another approach would have been launch bar uh, which might have worked but again it, a, a little bit hit and miss. So that's where I was up to and I suppose I was using the quick links folder method in conjunction with the shortcuts in the finder but not great. So this was when I stumbled across an application called Essentials from Habitatus Habitatus and it works like a shortcut pad. You configure a hotkey to bring it up so it's a little bit like if you've ever used Quicksilver or Launchbar. You have a shortcut key and it brings up a resizable floating window and you can configure that to appear in the same place each time it opens so very very similar to Quicksilver or you can have it appear where your mouse is so you use the shortcut key you put your mouse where you want it to appear and the floating window appears underneath your mouse which is great for dual monitors or very large screens so once this window opens you've got within the window two sections you have what look like tabs on the left hand side they're called groups and a larger area on the right hand side and that has all your shortcuts in it. But it's not just shortcuts, there's a lot more that Essentials can manage. So first of all you're going to want to create some extra groups. So I could create groups for um, blog work, I could create groups for uh, the presentations work that I do for clients. So I can all organise it however I want but I organise it w into groups and within the groups you can have, uh, the colours can have different uh, the groups can have different colours, not the colours can have different groups, I suppose you could do that. Uh, and each group can contain shortcuts to files and folders, which was exactly what I wanted. So I, if I was working on three different sets of client work in a day, I could create three of these groups just pointing to the, to the work of that each client. So that would have worked really well. But it can do more than that. You can actually put within these groups um, applications, for example. So if, if you have applications that you only use for a specific job, so maybe you want to have a project management group, then you can put your project management applications in there. In addition to folders, files and applications, you can also put clippings in there. So it's a little bit like having a fixed memory for your clipboard extender. Um, I use a clipboard extender. I actually use uh, LaunchBar now, the clipboard extender on LaunchBar. But sometimes it would be very, very useful to have locked items um, on the clipboard or, or at least easily 
um, get atable on the clipboard and that's what this can do you could have a group full of frequent clippings now obviously there are other ways to do that like typeinator text expander but that's the, the thing that it can do so if you use these things infrequently um, although they you know that they would work best in that way then you can do it so for frequently used text and images, you can keep all of those in, in their groups. One of the things I thought was so clever is that you can actually put a colour in an essentials group. Now you're thinking, a colour? Right, what you can do is you can bring up the essentials window. You can be in, for example, Keynote, and you could be working with sort of, say, five colours for a client. You can actually drag and drop those colours from the colour picker onto your essentials window. Are you thinking, and why would you do that? Because then if you go into pages and you're creating a document for that client and you want to add those colours, you just literally drag and drop them from the essentials window onto whatever you want to make that colour in pages or any other app. It's brilliant. It works brilliantly well. I've used the um, at the bottom of the colour palette windows. If you drag down, you can get sort of some... Uh, like ink wells that you can keep colours in, but keeping them organised is a nightmare. So with this, uh, you could actually name them as well. I, it's very clever. But the, the best thing with the colours, just to say you've done it, you know, not exactly useful and certainly not if you're working to a colour palette for a client. But if you have a collection of colours in your essentials group and you drag one colour onto the top of another, it mixes the colours together. I know, I'm easily pleased. Bit of a toy. It, it is a good toy. It's definitely a good toy. I had a play around with um, white and strawberry. And anyone who's looked at the colour picker will know what colour strawberry is. And I had a good play around with it in there. So I, I just thought that was really cool. Yes, I know, easily pleased, easily pleased. Um, I just thought it was really useful for just having those colours available. I actually do use something else for colour management, but that's probably quicker because anything else I tend to have to copy the hex value or copy the um, RGB value whereas with this it's literally just drag and drop so that I appreciated that I thought that was great um, and it's got quick look integration too so if you've got documents in there that you've put there and you're thinking is it revision one or revision two you can actually from within there click it and quick look it uh, and then make your selection now, one of the things that I gave it a quick look at, uh, and I thought this is very cool, but I would want to uh, be able to move the groups because the first thing I did was create a test group and then I created a useful group and then I tried to move the test group and it didn't move. So um, I really wanted to customise the ordering of the groups and the content within each group. And it was a little less intuitive than I expected. You mean you had to read the manual? There was a little manual bothering went on, but it was all worth it. Uh, yes, you can do it. They're taking a leaf out of Apple's book here. You have to use a command key as a modifier to alter the order of both the groups and the content within the groups. But yes, it can be done. So once I could organise and reorganise all my stuff, it was fantastic. It was absolutely perfect. So I can certainly recommend it if you've got the need to do that. Uh, in fact, I'm thinking a coveted five golden bites are in order here you know so i think i'll have to look at that it sounds like a an essential piece of software oh oh dear very well done dear <laughs> and um, i think i paid 4.99 uh £4.99, which is seven dollars 99 from the mac app store but i think it was on offer 
And how long it's on offer, I don't know. But for me, it was worth every penny. So what I've been able to do is really tidy up my system. I've got rid of all these shortcuts in the Finder sidebar. I've got rid of my Quick Links folder. Don't need any of that anymore. Um, and, and it's all in there, neatly organised into groups. So I'm really impressed with that. It's the kind of little piece of software that, to be honest, if I hadn't have just been browsing, you know, as you do <clears throat> in the Mac App Store, trying to spend money, um, I could have missed it because I don't honestly know what you would look for to find that kind of application. Obviously, if I'm looking for a, a text editor, I can type in text editor into Google and I'll get a thousand back. I honestly don't know what you'd have to type in. I actually knew what the name of the product was and what it did. And I went to Google and typed it in trying to find the um, developer's link and I, it didn't come up. So I'm really glad I found that. So I thought I would share it with you in case you have the need to do something similar and it might be something that has escaped you as well. So I highly recommend that. I've not been so excited with a piece of software, oh, for at least a week, because software rings my bell, you see, doesn't it? As everybody knows, as everybody knows. But enough about software toys. Without further ado, back to celebrating our 50th show. Yes, it's the outtakes. We have been threatening you with them for long enough, I think. What do you think? I think so, yes. We've got plenty of them. <laughs> oh, indeed. I've, p I've picked a, a range of outtakes. So, shall we get going? Yeah. Mm. Well, first of all, the first outtake comes from episode eight. Uh, you suggested playing the beginning of episode one, but I was having none of it. No, it should be banned. So I started with episode eight and um, what you'd need to know to get the full humour out of this is uh, we used to have a local Mac group. It's actually in sad decline at the moment, isn't it? We still have got a local Mac group. It just yes, nobody goes. No, there's no meetings. We really need to rally the troops. But anyway, I'm digressing. When there was a local Mac group and it used to meet, you need to know it's always met at the same location. So... We used to uh, give it a plug, tell people where and when. We actually got some MacBiters turning up at um, these events, didn't we? Mm. So, yes, it all was well. So this was um, towards the end of episode eight. We were talking about the local Mac group and it, the fact it was having a meeting. And talking of the Mac user group, the next meeting is on Thursday, January the 10th. And as usual, it's at the... Um, I'll say that again. Grappling when you've hole. remembered where it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the outtakes this year will be good. Grappen Hall Community Centre. Yeah, care of the community. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Should we leave this bit in? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Compose yourself. Oh, don't, you're making me laugh. <laughs> oh, that one still gets me now. I'm still laughing. <laughs> so, where where was it again? <laughs> Grappen Hall, well, where was it? Grappen Hall Community Centre. <laughs> it's no good remembering now, they don't meet anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, I will say at least the audio quality has improved from the early shows. Very true. Right, so onward with um, episode 19. 
Now, what do they need to know for this one? All right, what you need to know is, um, obviously you've heard, well, you should have done, as long as you don't dive in in the middle. You've heard the start of the show. We have a little bit of music and then we have a crunch and it is a bite being taken out of an apple. You did know that, didn't you? Yes, Mac you bites. <laughs> yes, of course you did. Of course you did. Well, what you didn't know was that um, I edit that in later. We don't actually sit here and play that music and, and play the little clip of the uh, bite. No, no, no. We wouldn't do that, would we? Um, we improvise, as it were, to get us in the mood for recording, <clears throat> as it were. I should just play this, shouldn't I, before mm. I talk myself into a mess. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm ready to go then. God almighty. Are you going to do the... You might lead in with some foreplay, dear. <laughs> really? You have to do the music, and then... <laughs> music, 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 music. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh, dear, that's enough of that. You didn't tell me you were going to use that one. Sorry. <laughs> foreplay. Had you forgotten that one? I had. Very bad. We are very, very bad. Oh dear. I think the next one's my favourite. I think you might think it's your favourite as this well. This is yeah. This or, yes, this, this one. or the one after the this. No, not the one after the one after this is my favourite. <laughs> oh, this is dreadful and terrible. <clears throat> no, <clears throat> compose yourself. Yes. What you need to know for this one. Yes. What was happening was. Oh, we'd been left to our own devices, hadn't we? Um, my mum and dad had gone away on holiday. And uh, they'd promised me a call. This must have been a, a Sunday, mustn't it? Yeah. And um, I'd waited for this call all day. I'd clung to my iPhone. Nothing, nothing. So we said, like, well, we'll record the show when mum and dad have rung. We'll record the show when mum and dad have rung. We'll record the show. Yes, you get the idea. So it was, oh, it was late. This was getting on. I think I'd waited for this call for about nine hours, hadn't I? Mm. <clears throat> and... Um, Still no joy. So we decided not to worry. We'd probably be able to record the show and uh, they wouldn't call till much, much later. And then we were in the middle of recording the show and, and this happened. You know we're going to get flamed to hell for this, I don't know. you? Mm. Well, I, I'm, I'm up to listen to anybody who has anything to say about it, but personally, I don't need anything else distracting me. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yes, I like that one. I like that one. Yes, in, in case you were wondering, yes, that is my ringtone. A little bit of 24 there for Minster. I do have the 24 ringtone. And um, I just think that was brilliant because it was genuine that I just said. What I was actually talking about, I remember, we were talking about iStat menus, weren't we? I think we were aware, yeah. <laughs> that was the actual piece I was talking about and I was saying that I just don't feel the need for that kind of stuff if my machine thinks about falling over I probably can sense it from 50 yards away and I don't need anything else running to tell me about it so that's what I was talking about and you know I should play that little bit again where I say I don't need anything else disturbing me and then the phone rang absolutely classic and then of course there was me screaming damn it followed by hello because I was talking to my mum <clears throat> yes, that was. I like that one. I think that could possibly be my favourite. 
Anyway, moving on, that was episode 30. Uh, episode 41. Yes, as regular listeners will know, we tend to introduce pieces about iPads and iPhones with a little iPhone, 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 or iPad, iPad, iPad. iPad, iPad. iPad. Actually, that one was pretty good. And um, <laughs> Maybe you should keep that one. Oh, yeah, I should. <laughs> You'd think, of course, that these were pre-recorded, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, that, no. that, that would ruin it. Although after the one we've just done, maybe we should keep that one. Maybe we need to catch ourselves unaware. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, they're not pre-recorded. They're definitely not pre-recorded. As, as episode, this will prove. As episode 41 can attest. So here we go with episode 41. Um, it would, of course, be the perfect app to take advantage of a mobile device with a bigger screen. Talking of which... iPad, 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 iPad. Should we do that again? Hmm. Shall I do one, two, three? Yes. One, two, three. iPad, 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 iPad. Yes, announced during our MacBytes live coverage of the Steve Note. Now, it's been a while, but iPhone, 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 no, iPhone. No, 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 no. Let's start again. Let's try. Let's try and get that sort of somewhere. Right. We'll we'll do. We'll go after three. One, two, three. iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. iPhone, iPhone. iPhone. No, so you did it again. <laughs> we should just have this camp. <laughs> <laughs> right. Serious, serious business. Right. One, two, three. iPhone, 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 iPhone. 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 I'm not terribly happy with that one either. Why do you sound questioning as you say it? <laughs> do I? Yes. Oh. One, two, three. iPhone, 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 iPhone. iPhone. Yes, I found a, a wonderful iPhone app. Um, it's an app that I've got the desktop version of. <laughs> I think I must have done something with that in post. I don't remember one going out that was slightly off skew like that. <laughs> so, now you've heard it, do you think we really should have these... Um, Pre-recorded. I think we should, but no, nah, it would ruin it. <laughs> it would ruin our fun, that's for yeah. sure. Ah, oh, live and un- unexpurgated we are. Uh, anyway, moving on to episode 43. Yes, um, you need to know that um, the Adobe Photoshop product manager is called John Knack. You need to know that for this to have any meaning at all. I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but it must have been something to do with Photoshop. Or I was reading ahead in the show notes. Well, you were obviously cheating and reading ahead in the show notes, but uh, here you go with um, me talking. Well, you'll get the tail end of whatever it was I was talking about. Good. Anyway, after last week's... We've got iPhone, 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 haven't we? Can we just stop there? Yeah, that's probably. Can you go back in the show notes to the CS5? Yeah. See where you've got upgrades. <laughs> Did I type that? I've been trying to stifle my laughter for the last 10 minutes. Do you know I read that as John Knack? Oh my god! Oh, hell's teeth. All right, let me correct that. Oh, God, John Cack. Oh, no, 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 don't do this to me. I'm going to lose where I'm up to. Do you know, it is a close run thing between that and the, 
the 24 one. Yes, what I'd actually managed to type was John Cack. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike had sat there suffering. I thought I could hear giggling. <laughs> and I was wondering why. What I, what I love about that clip is I'm all business. You're saying, can you, you know, go back and look at this? You're sniggering away and I'm all business going, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, fine, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm absolutely scarlet now with my typing error. So, so I think at this point, I should pass on my sincere apologies to John in case he finds this via the show notes, don't you? Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> my sincere Apolo- apologies, Apologies John. from Matt Bites. <laughs> she no, says no, laughing. No, <clears throat> I'm laughing at me. I'm laughing at our business like I sound. <laughs> Until I completely crumpled, obviously. Oh, dear. So on to episode 44 and our last clip for these few. It was the summer of 2010. Let me set the scene for you. And it was the World Cup. And as I'm sure anyone who has heard this, would you say instrument? I would call it an instrument. An instrument, not particularly a musical instrument, but an instrument nevertheless. We'll probably never forget the Vuvuzela. Now, how on earth did we relate that to tech? Well, tech was being employed to uh, mitigate the uh, horrendous sound of the Vuvuzela. So I think the piece was actually about um, ITV and how they'd edited their software to remove the most offensive level of Vuvuzela. And I had a clip of this that I was going to play, but as I say, uh, I tend to edit that in later, in post. So this was what actually happened during the recording. Do you want me to be the Vuvuzela? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's worse... That's worse than the Windy apps. I don't know which is more annoying, you as the Vuvuzela or you shouting info panel. I didn't choose an info panel clip. No? You think I missed, a, missed an opportunity there? Well, you could shout info panel now. Info panel! I've got to get that in on the 50th show, haven't I? Yeah. So that was our, our first collection of outtakes. So which was your favourite? Oh, it's a close run thing between... The phone call and John Knack. <laughs> yeah, I think those are my two. <laughs> oh, I just love them. I just love those two. <clears throat> you know, it was that kind of thing where, where you pick up the phone and it's, hello, mother dear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, I don't think she's ever heard that. Oh, I'll have to make sure she listens to this show and then she'll, then she'll know what was really going on. Anyway, in relation to said outtakes, I ventured into Facebook. What? I know. There should be a global warning of impending danger for all other users, but scarily, I think I'm getting the hang of it. Really? Well, when you finish disparaging my Facebook skills. Uh, skills is probably a bit overstated a bit. Well, yes. Anyway, show us some love with whatever it is that you do on there, like or, or whatever. Uh, poke. What? No, it's a poke, honestly. There'll be a cue to poke Elaine. Oh, good grief, we'll be taken off air. Uh, moving along swiftly, this Facebook page, yes. Um, go to the MacBytes Facebook page, the link for which I have no clue, but Michael find it and put it in the show notes, um, and vote for your favourite outtake. We want to know which one you find most funny. And next week for Mac Love Bites, I, I want to hear from you, Mac Biters. I want to hear not only which is your favourite outtake, but also which is your favourite part of the Steve note. But for now, onward with feedback and comments. Yeah, thanks to the Real Mac Jim, who's uh, mentioned something about a, a note-taking app called Spring Padit. Uh, I've not had a chance to have a real look at that, uh, so I promise I will do, Mac Jim. Thank you very much. 
Um, I've only seen the website. It actually looks quite interesting. It does. It, it looks like um, mind mapping. I'm a sucker for notes apps. I know. I'm a sucker for any kind of app, but particularly <laughs> notes apps. Yes, I can see I'm going to have to have a look at that. And there's an iPad iPhone version. Then you're definitely interested, aren't you? I am definitely interested. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking at it now. What does it do? I'm getting distracted. New toy. New toy. Right, back to the show notes. <clears throat> right, OK. Anyway, yes, Mac Jim, that's what we were talking about. Many thanks for inquiring where we were and, more importantly, where the next episode of Map Bites was. You weren't alone. There are lots of others asking the same. Uh, Jane, Steve, Mark, Mark R, Andy, Barry, Gaz, Jenna, Rose, another Steve. Uh, we'll be here all night if you name them all. I know, but our map biters are very important. Anyway, I hope the little selection of outtakes makes up for our little sojourn, shall we say. And of course, it will be when this is released, the 6th of June. And on the 6th of June, we have a map bites live. It's going to be the biggest MacBytes day ever. Yes, we have a show. We have a MacBytes Live. Oh, it's so exciting. So the MacBytes Live is to cover WWDC and the WWDC keynote, of course. So should we do predictions? Go on, then. No, everyone does them. It's passe. Can't tempt you with an iWork update, then? No, I'm drooling. Yes, I was teased last week with a new update, and it was an iPhone version. Steve, long overdue. Get on it, man. I I don't predict it. If I predict it, we'll never see it. So I'm definitely not predicting it. I'm taking... I'm being very clever here and taking the alternative approach. Um, I predict we'll have a fantastic time with the MacBiters of the MacBites live tonight. Well, it's tonight if you're listening today, which is the 6th of June. Otherwise, you've missed it and, well, we'll just subject you to the highlights next week. Did you say next week? Yep. Steve McJim and all the MacBiters will hold that to you, you know. I know. But it's all in hand. Trust me. I'll trust you. Thousands wouldn't. Well, in the meanwhile, tell people how they can attend the MacBytes Live. You can go to macbytes.co.uk slash live. We'll be there from 17.30 BST or British Summertime, which is uh, 16.30 GMT. You're you're confusing people as you speak. I know. So, so we have a link, a single link that shows the correct time in any location. That was a great find of yours there. It was a great find of mine. We'll stick it in the show notes and it's also on the MapBytes website. Yep, I put it on the page for the event. I think we're going to do that every time because it's so much easier. I'm all right with time zones, but it gets confusing when you don't happen to live in GMT, as we find out when we're in British summertime. See, if you're in GMT, it's simple. But uh, at the minute, it's not. So we we kicked around an idea for how to handle that. And that's the best one. It looks great. Well, we look forward to seeing you there. But that is it for this episode of MacBytes. As ever, we would love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments and queries by email to MacBytesUK at gmail.com. Use the form on the website or send us an audio file. Or how about leaving a comment on the show notes at MacBytes.co.uk. And don't forget to keep sending in those Mac Love Bytes. And also don't forget to um, like us on Facebook. Please, please don't let my Facebook suffering be in vain. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter also at MacBytes.co.uk and you can follow MacBytes on Twitter at Twitter.com slash MacBytes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. And you can follow me at Twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. But until next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time.
Shall we sneak in another outtake while they're not looking? Mm, that'd be good. Which one? I haven't got any left. Oh. Well, I'm sure we can find one from this show. quite a few from this episode, though. <laughs> well, I could probably find 20, but never mind. We shall save them. Right. We shall save them for the 100th. <laughs>